0: Feisty, fearless, and fair. She's an Emmy winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story, talking to the biggest names, covering the biggest stories. She's Rita Cosby. This is The Rita Cosby Show on 77 WABC.
1: Lovely Rita, meet amazing.
2: Does our president know, first of all, where the tests are? And does he even know that it is now 2022? Both of those seem to be difficult questions to answer for this president. Take a listen to President Biden just a few hours ago at the White House. And boy, he couldn't explain where the tests are, even though they got billions upon billions of dollars to allocate tests. And he seemed to not know that it is 2022.
3: Folks, I know we're all tired and frustrated about the pandemic. These coming weeks are going to be challenging. We're going to get through it together. We have the tools to protect people from severe illness due to Omicron. If people choose to use the tools. We have the medicines coming along that can save so many lives and dramatically reduce the impact that COVID has had on our country. There's a lot of reason to be hopeful in 2020. But for God's sake, please take advantage of what's available.
2: Is that stunning to you that our president seems so out of touch that he thinks it is 2020? And here he is addressing the country, talking about coronavirus on a day where there have been one million cases. The U.S. now has reached a grim milestone of one million cases. And he's telling everybody, well, it's still... A virus of the unvaccinated, even though there are so many breakthrough cases of people who are vaccinated. I know so many people who are vaccinated, who have had mild forms of the coronavirus. It seems like it's touched almost every family in this country. And yet he is still scolding people who are not vaccinated. And he can't even keep the year straight. How concerned are you? And are you getting any sense That they have a direction on how to resolve this, because remember, he was blasting President Trump about this for the longest time, saying, where are the tests? Where's the leadership? And here we are in 2022, President Biden. And you don't know what year it is and you don't know what happened to the tens of billions of dollars that were allocated for tests. In fact, the Democrats passed in their rescue plan over 40 billion dollars just for tests alone. Where is the money? How come we don't know where tests are? We don't even know what happened to the money. Do they use it for maybe climate change or something else? Don't you think we have a right to know? It's tax payer funds. How concerned are you of what is seeming to be very much mismanagement of funds and mismanagement of testing? There are lines upon lines across the country, and we see these images, and they're really, really grim and frustrating. And if you're not sick by the time you get in line, you're going to be sick by the time you get a test, because you've waited in hours upon hours and cold in so many places across the country. Your kids are waiting there with you, and it is just a mess. And i I think it's really frightening that the president is sitting there with a straight face and doesn't even realize that he misspoke when he says it's 2020, that in 2020, we should be having tests. We should be having this. To me, it is a sad, sad testament of where we are with this presidency. It's just sad. It's heartbreaking. When I saw it, I thought, oh, my gosh, this is elder abuse, that he is sitting there saying it's 2020 and no one is getting in his ear going, Mr. President, it's 2022. What's your reaction to all this? It's one 800 one By the way, coming up in about a half an hour here on the Rita Cosby Show, we are also going to talk to Staten Island New York City Councilman Joe Borelli, who uncovered a bombshell. He was curious as to why there were no tests in his area. He does the south shore, essentially, of Staten Island, predominantly white area. And he said, how come there are no tests in my community? We need treatments. We need testing sites. We need physical tests. What's happening, New York City? And he gets a reply back that basically his area doesn't fit the criteria of racial equity. That is a stunning response from the New York City Department of Health, basically saying it doesn't fit racial equity. Are you kidding me? Joe Borelli is going to be joining us in just about half an hour to explain how he uncovered it, what it means, and how he basically drew... Big, big headlines from it and said, this cannot happen. You should not be prioritizing health based on race. That is racist. That's horrible. It is outrageous. And Councilman Joe Borelli is going to be joining us here on the show in about 20 minutes or so to talk about that. Meantime, we're talking about the lack of tests throughout the country. And why is there a lack of tests? We know that this administration... By the way, between 20 and 21, just to give you a sense, over $70 billion were allocated for testing, most of it in 2020 to ramp up to get the tests approved, and then most of it the execution of distributing the tests in 2021. Most of that was passed by the Democratic Congress. So where is the money? Where are the tests? A lot of people are asking questions today. And it's so bad that even Joe Biden started asking some questions about it when he was at the White House today, even though he doesn't know it's 2022.
3: There's a lot of reason to be hopeful in 2020. But for God's sake, please take advantage of what's available.
2: And he also had a little bit more to say about testing and about programs.
3: I know this remains frustrating. Believe me, it's frustrating to me. But we're making improvements. In the last two weeks... We've stood up federal testing sites all over the country. We're adding more each and every day. Google, quote, COVID test near me. Go there, Google, excuse me, COVID test near me on Google to find the nearest site where you can get a test most often and free. Look, with more capacity for in person tests. We should see waiting lines shorten and more appointments freed up.
2: You have the president, first of all, saying, go on Google. This is the White House. Shouldn't they be saying, hey, all you have to do is log in here, everybody, across the country, and here is where you get that. Here's the site information. Go on Google and maybe play the Powerball lottery and see if you hit it. I mean, that's basically what it is. It is unbelievable. And he did make the concession. That some of the money that went to schools for testing may not have ended up in the right place. Take a listen to this.
3: We provided the States with $130 billion with a B billion dollars to specifically keep our students safe and schools open. Funding for ventilation, ventilation systems in the schools, social distancing in classrooms, even larger classrooms. On buses and everything from bus drivers to buses, the, the the actual bus, there are additional in all this process. We also back then included an additional 10 billion dollars for testing for schools. That money went out to the states and the states and the school districts have spent this money. Well, many of them, but unfortunately, some haven't. So I encourage the states and school districts to use the funding that you still have to protect your children and keep the schools open.
2: And Republican Senator Roy Blunt wants to know, where did the tens of billions of dollars that American taxpayers spent in 2021? Remember, that was last year, Mr. President. Well, Roy Blunt is wondering, where did all the big bucks from taxpayers go that was specifically to go to testing and now we are seeing enormous shortfalls we also know from that vanity fair story not that long ago that the president was offered 700 million tests back in october and he turned it down turned it down oh yeah not a problem we don't need it maybe didn't want to admit that there was a problem on the horizon where did the money go did the money go to climate change did it go to critical race theory education where did it go take a listen to senator roy blunt
4: Let's just even talk about the $47.8 billion uh, that Democrats all by themselves decided in March that they were going to spend uh, on testing uh, where did that money go? Did you decide that if, if you 're the administration decide well we 've got a lot of flexibility because of the way that bill was uniquely written written so that that money could be spent in more ways than you could normally mm-hmm. spend appropriated money. Where did that money go? Uh, did you decide that uh, the crisis is uh, is behind us, and so let 's spend that money? on something else that's exactly the questions we're asking now
2: yeah it's a lot of the questions that the american public needs to know it's 1-800-848-9222 and you're listening to the rita cosby show on the great 77 wabc let's go to david in los angeles david your reaction to the president not knowing what year it is and then trying to tell people that he there's no federal solution go to google i mean he just seems so clueless
5: off by two years. I mean, not even saying just 2021. He said 2020. That's serious cognitive problems needs to be discussed at a national level. But I'm here to say the solution, because like you said, it is elder abuse at this point. You know they have these deep fake characters they make with uh, with CGI. Just make a CGI Joe Biden. Have him come out there and say what needs to be said, because he's not doing anything else anyway. That way you save embarrassment and prevent elder abuse.
2: Yeah, it it is really scary. By the way, there is a CGI background, remember, behind him. He does the fake Oval Office, so you could do the fake Biden. You're right. And he might be more alert and at least would know what year it is. David, thank you very much. We appreciate the call. By the way, everybody, David was watching on YouTube. Um, you can also watch us on TV. You can stream The Rita Cosby Show live on your smartphone, tablet, or smart TV. And check it all out also on wabcradio.tv. And also YouTube, of course, too, as well, um, because we are streaming live as well as on the radio. Let's go to Victoria and Ron Konkama. Go ahead, Victoria. What do you think? Yes. Hi, Rita. Listen, this is the most pathetic human being as a
6: president that I have ever witnessed in my entire life. And I'd like to pose one question to him. You are asking everybody to get a vaccine and you are letting them you're, you're firing them if they don't. What about all these millions of immigrants that are coming into this country are you asking them to get the vaccine and if they are you asking them to get a covid test what is going on
2: here with us we're americans here we I agree, American. Victoria. You know, it's also I wish the reporters at the White House would be asking that question. Oh, no,
6: you won't get that, Rita. It, but but they that. should be.
2: They should be. That should oh, be no, the no. first question.
6: They, only, they and, only do. They only do that to my President Trump, not to this one. This one is pathetic, and I don't know
2: what's going on. It's scary. It is scary. It's, you know why it's, and you know why it's scary too, Victoria? We're at a time right now where there is, there really, it's a, it's a crisis. I mean, we're looking at what's happening with the economy. We're looking at so many of the borders you bring up and certainly for sure COVID too. I mean, it, it, we are dealing with a crisis and we have a president who doesn't even know what year it is. It, it, it is. Stunning, And and you're right. That whole border issue is just shocking. And the double standard is grotesque. Victoria, thank you very much. Let's go to Carlos in Yonkers who's listening on the radio. Go ahead, Carlos, your thoughts.
7: Hello, Rita. I think the situation with President Biden is like the movie Weekend at Bernie's, except that it's not funny and it's four years long. This administration has failed to properly address COVID by increasing funding for more testing, more therapeutics and also more incentives to get vaccinated. For instance in Europe, they're a little more transparent with people. They tell people if you're under thirty, don't get Moderna, if you on if you suffer from heart conditions, don't hit don't get AstraZeneca. So they're a little more transparent. Another thing is that people talk about the millions of people that are coming through the border that are now vaccinated or tested. But just in the past couple of months we had more than thirty eight thousand Afghan refugees coming to this country, they were not vaccinated, they were not tested. And thousands are coming every week through JFK, through Lufthansa, Saudi Airlines, Turkish Airlines. And you're talking, so Carlos, you're week. talking
2: um, Afghan refugees now, right? Is that what you're talking yes. about? Yeah, it, but that's a great point, Carlos, That's a, and I know you're a former Border Patrol guy, um, and thank you, by the way, for your great service, because that's so important. Um, but you had a great point. They're coming in from a whole bunch of different directions, not being vetted. They even admitted the administration because they were in such a hasty pullout and such a haphazard, chaotic, disastrous pullout of Afghanistan that there were – it was like 70 or 80 percent of them. And remember, they were supposed to be translators, and then none of them could speak English. It was like, well – that's a little odd. And they were like older men with young, like child brides. I mean, it was really weird. And you hit it on the head. There's a whole bunch of different directions where they're not checking these people that are coming in. Um, and also on the border issue, Carlos, did you see there were reports that our flights coming in the dead of night now into Scranton, PA, too? Um, so you got the border issue. You got the Afghan refugees coming in unvetted. Um, you know, it's like, come on in. But meanwhile, if you're in law enforcement or if you're working in New York City and many states around this country, you have to get a vaccine mandate. You got this. You have the president who's, you know, scolding people if they're not vaccinated. But I don't see him scolding Afghan refugees or anybody crossing through the southern border. Do you, Carlos? Well, the
7: thing with the Afghan refugees, not only were they're not vetted, but they're coming every day through JFK, mainly through JFK, through Lufthansa Airlines. They're coming every day. They're the only people that coming to this country that are not required to be vaccinated, or don't have to have a a negative test within 24 hours.
2: Well, the border folks, too. Southern border, too, Carlos. Southern border, too. You know that.
7: Yes, that's another thing. And they've been distributed to more than 46 countries. If this country was serious about fighting COVID, they would do like Canada did. Canada closed the border from March of 2020 to late August of last year. And now you need not only your vaccine, you also need a negative test. So if you're serious about something, Act like it. I and agree. Be politicizing everything,
2: Carlos. I agree with you. It has become so politicized. Carlos, thank you so much for the call. Always appreciate it. It's always great to hear from you. And I agree, it has become so politicized and so disgusting. And the fact that that's such a health threat. Think about it. If we're so worried about COVID, which obviously we should be, and obviously Omicron is very much rampant with the million cases in America in just last twenty-four hours. I mean, that's enormous. Um So why wouldn't we shut down the border? Why wouldn't we stop these flights from Afghan refugees? Why wouldn't we shut down all these people crossing illegally on the southern border? It just doesn't make any sense. And again, it's all politics. It's outrageous. I'm with you. 1-800-848-9222.
0: 1-800-848-9222. Rita Cosby is on 77 WABC.
2: are talking about the politics of testing and now we're finding out that the government received 72.8 billion dollars for testing on the coronavirus much of it in 2021 pushed by a democratic congress and that rescue plan remember where the democrats just kind of pushed through the rescue plan and now we're finding out obviously taxpayer money tens of billions of dollars where did it go And we have a president who doesn't even know what year it is. He said today, gosh, in 2020, this shouldn't be happening. Well, first of all, it's not 2020. And you're correct. It shouldn't be happening. Well, here is President Biden back in 2020 commenting about President Trump. Boy, he was blasting President Trump over the lack of vaccines, over the virus, over testing over everything. Take a listen to what Biden said when it was 2020.
3: The Trump administration's plan to distribute vaccines is falling behind, far behind. We're grateful to the companies, the doctors, the scientists, the researchers, the clinical trial participants, and Operation Warp Speed for developing the vaccines quickly. But as I long feared and warned the effort to distribute and administer the vaccine is not progressing as it should. And the pace of the vaccination program is moving now uh, as it, if it continues to move as it is now. It's going to take years, not months, to vaccinate the American people. I've directed my team to prepare as much more aggressive, a much more aggressive effort with more federal involvement and leadership to get things back on track. We'll find ways to boost the pace of vaccinations. I'm going to move heaven and earth to get us going in the right direction. I'm going to use my power under the Defense Production Act when I'm sworn in in order, in order private industry to accelerate the making of the materials needed for the vaccines as well as protective gear.
2: So he was the guy who was going to fix COVID, and here he is now saying today, well, if you're looking for a test, yeah, there's a lot of shortages, and a lot of places look like maybe they didn't use the money well, and if you don't know where a test is, I understand that's happening all over the place, and just kind of Google it. That's his direction, is Google it. And then he's saying the year is 2020, and we're supposed to have faith that this is a guy who could turn it around. Well, here's a little bit more about him blasting President Trump over COVID testing. We need to scale up testing so
3: anyone who needs one can get a test. After 10 months of the pandemic,
2: we still don't have enough testing. It's a travesty. And you know it's a travesty? You have been in office now a year. You've been in office a year And all you basically had to do was distribute the vaccines more and distribute the tests. It was already approved by the FDA. And now listen to what he said about President Trump back then, saying that you don't have the tests out. What a travesty. And he didn't get it done in a year. It is outrageous. And this is why. Many people believe he didn't get the test recently. Take a listen to the former U.S. Surgeon General under President Trump, Jerome Adams. He was on Fox and Friends earlier today. This is what he said about it all.
8: It's important to understand that there are PCR tests and there are rapid tests. And uh, CDC Director uh, Walensky was correct the PCR test can test positive for days to weeks out. But the rapid tests are very good at telling you whether or not you're acutely infectious. And that's what Dr. Fauci is referring to. So you should get a rapid test if you can. The problem is that the administration has not yet delivered the rapid test. So they didn't want to put out a policy telling you to do something, which then reflected blame back on them.
2: So it was all about politics. one 800 848 one 800 Two, two Let's go to J.C. in Stroudsburg, P.A. J.C., you're listening on the radio. Go ahead, Jay.
9: Hey, so this is the theater of the absurd, and Biden is the chief actor. Everything is it's a lie. He, he gives you a mandate, right? They said mandate. Uh, okay, now the federal government can't solve this. There's no test. How could they possibly ask for a mandate? CDC says, the CDC director... Even went a bit further, and she said, you can test out for two months, two months, and it will pick up something in there. Uh, besides the fact that he's saying we have all the tools for it. You don't have the testing. Uh, the pills, the vaccine pills, there's nowhere to be found. I have a victim. They are, they are strangling hold on I have They never allow, allowed hydroxychloroquine to move forward, and now... The federal government has seized the micronial antibody. So
2: well, no and and to... you know what, JC, a lot of that, you know, it's because anything that looks like Trump initiated it first, they didn't want to have anything to do with it. In fact, they were blasting the vaccines, calling it the Trump vaccine. Remember, Kamala Harris was like, I won't take it if it's created by Trump. And then they wonder why people weren't taking it at first. I mean, it, it, you hit it on the head. There was so much politics involved and they missed so many of these layers. It should have been, you know, an, an all-hands-on-deck approach, an encompassed approach, all whatever the bottom line that will help people, that's the bottom line, not whoever. Is invented it whoever approved it whoever suggested it it's just whatever was good for the people that should have been the key jc thank you great call um let's go to gracie in rockland go ahead gracie
6: hi you know bob grant used to say we're going to hell in the handbasket but you want to know something i believe we're there and uh. the reason we have gotten there is because of the media okay the media did not tell the truth about anything. They wanted Biden elected, and uh, they they lied about him and they lied about Trump. And what what you just said about uh, Biden—that saying he uh, he he won in 2020, right? When were the when were the vaccines available? I don't think the vaccines were available till after the election. We know that with the uh, FISA. That's right. And remember, they now. got
2: approved. Remember, in fact, it was right. such a weird thing. Remember, Gracie, that suddenly right. one of the approvals happened like like the next day or whatever it was. Remember, this
6: is a grand conspiracy. To ruin our country. I don't know whose idea it is, why they want to change our wonderful, beautiful country that's given opportunity to so many people. I, I don't understand it. And the news media, even at, 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 uh, tw- uh, 10 o'clock, your news reader said something about CNN, um, announced the emails between Sean and Meadows. How did CNN get the, the, those, uh, those news, uh, those emails. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you,
2: no, it. you're right. There, there's a lot of leaking, and you're right. There's a lot of bias in the media. You, you hit it on the head, and they have politicized it, and very just transparent. I think. I mean, that's the good thing. I think it's very transparent that there's an unbelievable bias in a lot but, of places, but Gracie. But
6: you want to know something? People who voted for Biden are. St- Still, are living under a a veil, a cloud. They don't understand anything. They, they
2: really don't. They think everything was is good now. I don't know how it could be good. Although, although, Gracie, I will tell you and thank you for the call because I will tell you that if you look at some of the latest polls there are a lot of independents out there that are now losing faith in Biden. And even on COVID, where he used to do really well, because remember, he rode on being the guy who was going to fix COVID, uh, the white knight that was going to come down, uh, you know, ride through and, and save America from COVID. And here we are a year later and no tests and, and it's a mess. Um, and he now is doing very poorly, even in that category. There was a new poll out today that 55% uh, disapprove of his you know handling of covid it used to do you know it used to be like he used to be 50 60 70% Plus, on how he was doing on COVID, doing well. Now, many are saying they do not approve. They are disappointed. And a lot of those are independents out there. And I think that they'll see that in 2022, which is the year Joe Biden, by the way, um, in the midterms. Because absolutely, it is going to impact. And you talk to Democrats privately, they are worried that they're going to lose the House and the Senate. Because they see this president out of touch. They see extremists on their side. And they realize that the American public and many independents are just shaking their heads. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. When we come back, we're going to talk more about this and the lack of testing. Plus, we're also going to be joined by Staten Island Col- Councilman Joe Borelli. Of course, New York City Councilman. He's the minority leader there. Um, he represents the south shore of Staten Island. And he went to New York City and said, hey, where are my tests? We need some tests for my citizens, my residents. Where are they? We can't find any testing sites. We can't find any testing kits. Um, we need some of these treatments. And the answer he got will astound you. They basically said, well, your area is not racially diverse enough. It doesn't really fit the racial equity mission. Are you kidding me? Talk about politics and health. He's going to blow the whistle on all of that. He is going to be joining us in five minutes. He'll be back after the break.
0: Rita Cosby is on 77 WABC. The Rita Cosby Show presents Back to Blue.
2: And in tonight's Back the Blue on the Rita Cosby Show, an Orlando, Florida teenager has laced up his running shoes to offer a tribute to a fallen police officer, Sergeant Marlene Rittmaniac. Zachariah Cartledge, he's 13 years old, ran one mile carrying a thin blue line flag, which symbolizes support for first responders and also especially police. Now, that flag is going to be sent to the family of that fallen officer, along with a handwritten note. And that's why Cartledge does. And he's been doing that for Every first responder who makes the ultimate sacrifice in the line of duty. To date, Cartledge has run over a thousand miles in honor of fallen first responders. And he does this while raising funds through a nonprofit called Running. What a great, great story about honoring our men and women in blue. And great to see the next generation caring about that, too, as well. Well, we all care about trying to make sure that people are getting appropriate tests in COVID. Because guess what? With the Omicron, there are so many cases now, a record one million cases in the United States. And we're finding out that it was over $70 billion went toward testing In the United States, just on the federal level, these are taxpayer dollars that was supposed to make sure that tests were adequate, tests were pervasive, tests were all over the place. And now Senator Roy Blunt and a number of other members of Congress are asking the Biden administration, where did the money go?
4: If you take all five of the bipartisan COVID bills, uh, that's about 32 billion dollars, and then about 45, 46 billion dollars in the bill that the Democrats passed by themselves this year uh, for testing. And the real question is, how was that money spent? Uh, how could we have a testing shortage now when, at the end of last year, we had what appeared to be a whole new series of tests coming on the market?
2: And joining us now to talk about a stunning testing policy in New York based on race is Staten Island City Councilman, Republican Joe Borelli. Councilman Borelli, um, this is amazing. Take us back to how you discovered this.
8: Hey, good evening, Reni. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So, uh, as people are aware, uh, there's been a tremendous demand uh, on testing, uh, and nowhere perhaps more. Uh, than Staten Island uh, during the week of Christmas when our numbers were spiking, and our numbers were spiking much higher uh, than anywhere else uh, in the city. Um, and uh, my, my staff did what what anybody would, and, and my office did what anybody would, and we reached out to our, our partners at city government to try to get more testing sites. I mean, look, the city is running these testing sites, whether they're actual brick-and-mortar sites or whether they're um, pop-up t- uh, sites in parks. And we simply asked for more of those in the short term or more rapid testing kits that we can give out on our own to people. And the answer we got back is as bad as it sounds. They told us that because our neighborhood is not one of the the, uh, uh, racial equity and inclusion neighborhoods that their task force has defined, that they don't have any community uh, nonprofit partners uh, in that, those neighborhoods, and thus were unable to provide any type of testing, whether it be the test kits or a testing site. Basically, they told us, you aren't in a racial equity zone, so we have nothing to offer you, and it's appalling.
2: It is appalling. It's absolutely stunning. What was your reaction, and what did you do when you got this?
8: Well, at first I thought they were kind of kidding. I, I thought there was like some some error or some mistake, or, or perhaps this one staffer didn't know, you know, sort of a, a, a Peter versus Paul thing where just maybe one person just wasn't aware of this whole other area of, of program, but that wasn't the case. This was what the DOH, the Department of Health, was using to, to basically get the test out. And, and there's nothing inherently wrong with a task force that's trying to get testing and vaccines uh, into, into people in community groups that otherwise don't have access to it. Um, You know, we know that there are a lot of uh, vaccine hesitant people out in in low income neighborhoods, different racial groups. So there's nothing wrong with this task force, but having it as the exclusive method of getting testing and and, uh, pop up sites out to people is the problem. And thankfully, uh, Eric Adams actually came in and sort of reversed course.
2: Yeah, tell us what Eric Adams did and what's been the reaction from so many people, because you're right. When this first came out, people thought, wait a minute, you got to be kidding me that they would be putting essentially race over health <laughs> overall. Right?
8: Yeah, I mean, they, they basically gave us some more testing sites. So we, we have a number more that, that came online uh, and some will even come online uh, further down the road. Uh, and again, we, we didn't expect things to be done uh, at the drop of a hat. We, we knew that there'd be time between, you know, sort of ordering one of these pop-up sites to go into, into operation. Uh, there'd be a couple of days, um, but we didn't expect the, 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 the outright no. Uh, and so Adams has put people and bodies uh, where they're needed, and it's a good thing. But don't forget, this also exists at the state level, where uh, the New York State Department of Health and the New York City Department of Health have told people to consider race. Well, they've actually told physicians consider race when determining whether to prescribe uh, um, oral treatments or monoclonal antibody treatments. So that's just another area of of this pandemic which seems to be treated differently. Uh, The response seems to be treated differently based on the ethnicity of the person. You look at the American Medical Association and and their ethics guide specifically says you may not actually consider race when determining whether to prescribe uh, a medicine. And there are tons of good reasons whether to prescribe or not prescribe medicine, maybe the person's survivability, maybe the person's reactions. um, But race is not one of them. And yet you have those two agencies instructing physicians to do just that.
2: What do you make of this? Is this sort of part of this whole thing, Councilman Borelli, of sort of CRT uh, overboard in terms of teaching about race um, to the point where it's hampering? I mean, we're seeing it in schools. Now we're seeing it in testing. Is this just sort of par for the course? No, it's just, it's
8: just wokeness with with uh, wokeness has consumed all uh, aspect of public policy where it's almost like they forgot that people who don't fit their woke racial racial rubric even existed in the city of New York. I mean, that's essentially what happened. The, the DOH was doing these these uh, Department of Health was doing these uh, testing and tracing and um, vaccine pop up sites all over the city as they ramped down the task force on racial equity and inclusion were the only people doing the work in, in long term, and, and, and again, some of that's not bad. It's because there's a lot of vaccine hesitancy amongst African American groups. Uh, there's vaccine hesitancy amongst a lot of groups, but that, to have them as the exclusive method and the exclusive city contracting agency for these testing sites really deserves. Um, it, 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 they deserve the shame that we're giving them.
2: Yeah. Now, what's the reaction from obviously not just your constituents, your great constituents there on the south shore of Long of Staten Island, but also across the country? There has just been people were stunned when this came out, Joe.
8: Yeah. And this, this, by the way, happened in other parts of the city as well. I mean, one of my colleagues, Bob Holden, who represents a predominantly white neighborhood in Queens, had the same reaction and same same response from the city. And people are rightfully outraged. Unfortunately, they're not surprised. I mean, these are the kind of things that you sometimes think are happening. Uh, but I guess the surprise comes with just the, the level of, of carelessness and casuality, uh, if that's even a word, uh, casualness that they were admitting doing this. Like there wasn't even an attempt to hide it. This was just basically them saying, nope, you're not in the racial equity and inclusion zone, so we don't really have any options for you.
2: You know, it makes you wonder what other things are are they listing as racial inclusion and equity? Uh, what other things in healthcare or other areas that they're doing that we're just not even aware about?
8: No, no, you're right. I mean, you know, the the, the medical um, guidance to physicians came to me because my doctor, my own private doctor, had reached out as soon as he got this and said, "Joe, have you seen this?" Like you know anything about this? This guidance is, is unprecedented. We've never been asked to consider race when prescribing medicine. I can't believe this is happening. So I, I do think it's less than we than we may think, but it still is happening enough and, and people are noticing enough where it is uh, something in, insanely incredible.
2: Absolutely. And everybody, we're talking to Staten Island, New York City Councilman Joe Borelli. Um, Councilman, let me ask you overall too, because just a few hours ago, President Biden came out and basically iterated Uh, that, yeah, there is obviously a testing shortage. We all see that. Um, But also now saying it looks like tests won't really arrive till probably end of January. What's your reaction to just the lackluster and it just seems such an unbelievable lack of testing and testing sites in your area and across the country?
8: It's, It's very important to remember that Donald Trump had to do this when there was no playbook. Uh, And they still managed to get uh, federal aid to cities like New York when it was needed. Uh, And yes, he probably gets a little bit more of the benefit of the doubt because it was so fresh. Joe Biden's been in the office uh, for a year now. Um, He ran and won on his ability or or supposed ability to get the vaccine under control. And that, of course, would have come with testing uh, and vaccine uh, distribution throughout the states. Now we have a real test of his. Uh, And he had that test back in October. And in October, he denied purchasing more tests so that states could basically uh, keep a supply of tests for for just such an occasion. So he he made that error, uh, but it also goes down the chain. I mean, New York City, uh, our our Office of Emergency Management, we have contractors, uh, we have contracts with snow removal companies, with uh, power line utility companies, with ambulance services across the country. In fact, we we actually... uh, Uh, enacted that contract uh, during the pandemic. We got ambulances from all over the country. Uh, So we have these contracts with these type of companies that could usually uh, perform these really necessary functions at at the drop of a dime. And the city just didn't have that for COVID. Again, they used the the Task Force on Racial Equity uh, and not the Office of Emergency Management, which would would have been a a much more appropriate place uh, to do these sort of things. So it was a a top-to-bottom disaster In terms of this Omicron spread, thankfully, the virus itself is not as strong and as deadly as previous variants uh, because government definitely dropped the ball uh, and they dropped the ball on doing things that we expect fully the government to be able to do, meaning to test uh, uh, people.
2: Absolutely. And that is pivotal right now, as you see on Staten Island and really throughout New York City, as you're experiencing. Um, Thank you so much, Councilman. I'm so glad that you reveal this. It's stunning. And I hope that it produces a lot of changes by revealing it overall, too. I'm glad to see that Eric Adams stepped in. And I hope anywhere else that this turns up in any other areas of public health or elsewhere, it is, you know, altered and changed course as well. Bravo to you, Councilman. Great to have you. you here.
8: Thank you. I hope so, too. You're right.
2: And amazing Uh, hearing from the councilman directly just now that race playing a factor in determining who gets tests and treatment. That is outrageous. I am so glad that he blew the whistle on that. Uh, Let's go to Hudson in the Bronx. Hudson, your thoughts about all this? Go ahead.
10: Hey, Rita. Happy new year. You too. Um, So just real quick about the testing. And then if you let me go, you know, I'm always quick. I have a point Um, is uh, it, We couldn't find any testing today. Uh, We had to get tested. We both tested positive for it. Um, But it cost us $120 uh, to find testing. And it took us about three hours just to call around for something. Um, And this is in the city. I mean, this should be something available. And this is, I know everyone keeps talking about, you know, um, it's only in the rich neighborhoods or whatever. We do not live in a rich neighborhood. (laughs) Um, So that should have been available. And then um, just to keep it quick, to so one of your last callers, Gracie, that called. She talked about the media. And uh, just to go against the grain for a second, almost like pulling a stand real quick, is I love what your boss did with your station, and I love all of you guys. Um, <clears throat> but, he,
7: <clears throat>
10: but he talked about a few months ago that, you know, almost joked that he had the money to buy the Daily News. And, you know, eh, maybe I might buy it, maybe I'm not. And until people with money, conservatives... Until they decide to make a difference and purchase these media entities, then we're never going to control the narrative. And our narrative is the truth. So unless people like John Casamitidis, who seems like a good man, step up and guys with money buy these daily news and buy CNN and buy all this, you know what? Will never control the narrative because your station is wonderful. But unless you actually get a radio or an app and download it, no one's going to listen to it. But if the Daily News is sitting there when you get off the of Penn Station or you get off the of Grand Central Station and it's right there and it's in your face then people can't shy away from it. Well, and also
2: Hudson, by the way, different media, because there's some people who get their news just from radio. There are some people who get it from TV, but you're right. All different layers is a good thing. And uh, you're right. I mean, John Katsimatides is an amazing American. His mission is to just tell the truth. Um, that's our whole mission here on 77 WABC, which is why I'm so proud to be here. And you're right, as many outlets to be able to say that on, including the great 77 WABC. I mean, we're doing, you know, fantastic dominating here in America. Um, and that's obviously important, but you're right, as many layers as possible, the better to get the word out. 1 848 9222. 1 848 9222. What did you think of Councilman Joe Borelli saying that he? He was told, and has the documents to show it, that essentially it was based on race as to why he was not getting tests in his district. Can you imagine? That is stunning that they actually revealed that they were looking at racial equities and that that was the reason that there were no tests on the south shore of Staten Island. Playing the race card with health, that is outrageous. one 800 848
0: Cosby is on 77 WABC.
2: And those tests are already gone. If you are going to stores and Googling, according to President Biden, trying to find them all over the country, it is really tough to get them. Here's a little bit of the chorus. I love this song. That is the theme song for COVID tests around America. So it seems these days, sadly. And boy, this president is all over the place. And we just heard also from Joe Borelli, New York City councilman who represents Staten Island, talking about when he was looking for tests, he got a reply back. This is absolutely stunning from the Department of Health and Mental Hygiene, telling one of his staffers that the city is looking at racial inclusion and equity in determining where districts will get testing sites and tests playing the race card. First of all, we've heard about CRT and education, but now basically education, CRT, and racial inclusion in terms of who gets a test and who doesn't get a test. This is outrageous. one 800 one Two, two. By the way, everybody, you got to check out our latest edition of Protecting America because we talk about the virus. We also talk about Afghanistan, all the latest topics. The last one, by the way, was with Ali North on Afghanistan. It is so cool. you got to go to wabcradio.com. Check out the latest edition of Protecting America. And We're going to be talking about COVID this week, so we're going to have another great episode. But make sure you go on there and check out our Protecting America podcast. Um, real quick, let's go to Tim in Oakland. Tim, your thoughts? about all this
9: uh, happy New Year to you and your listeners I um, I just want to comment on the reveal by the councilman um, I I think that those who say that CRT and rei just want to bring forth our bad past um, it, it doesn't stop there now we're affecting the health of we're, we're, we're basing decisions based on race yeah isn't that outrageous
2: Tim isn't that stunning it's outrageous. Outrageous! I cannot believe that. And and I think that
9: Eric Adams, didn't we expect that he did a good job? How, well, about, how about finding out who's responsible? For well, it?
2: Tim, in this case, by the way, he did at least quash it from what Joe Borelli said. So at least he did step in. But you're right, a lot more unanswered questions. We're going to continue with your calls, everybody. 1-800-848-9222
0: feisty, fearless, and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story, talking to the biggest names, covering the biggest stories. She's Rita Cosby. This is the Rita Cosby Show on 77 WABC. I
2: know your name is Rita, your perfume's smelling sweet since Well, we are talking about the bombshell from New York City Councilman Joe Borelli, who, when he was asking about where are the COVID tests for his area, the south shore of Staten Island, he was given a response from the New York City health officials, basically saying that it doesn't meet the standard of racial inclusion and equity. Playing the race card with health, he was outraged. Eric Adams apparently has stepped in and apparently has rectified this, but it makes you wonder where else is this happening across the country and how shocking that that's actually happening and that that was part of the quota and that they actually put it in an email, basically said, you know, sorry, um, you know, some neighborhoods are flagged by the task force of racial inclusion and equity um, and those are the ones we're targeting for COVID tests and COVID treatment. Can you believe that? Partioning out and determining and prioritizing health based on race. It is outrageous. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. By the way, coming up also in this hour, I'm also going to be talking about, speaking of race, Manhattan DA Alvin Bragg, who said that he would like a more equitable justice system, one that is more racially fair. And now, within just a few days of becoming the new DA, it doesn't matter what Eric Adams does. Eric Adams has been talking tough and saying he's going to be tough on criminals and bringing back the plainclothes unit, doing all those things. Well, Alvin Bragg has already come out and basically said that there are a number of crimes that he thinks there should be no prison time for. And that many of the crimes, including, get this, armed robbery, those will now be a misdemeanor. Welcome to New York City with crime rising, and you got this guy in charge who's basically saying the justice system needs to be more equitable for the offender? Boy, have we lost our priorities, guys. Meantime, the Biden administration is getting hammered over the fact that there are no COVID tests almost anywhere. People, we've been having people call in. You guys have been telling us you've been waiting in line for hours, some of you spending big bucks just to get a COVID test. Um, there is just such poor preparation. No discussion really of treatments. And then remember those tests that we were supposed to get early part of January, which is now. Now we're hearing today it's going to be probably the end of the month. So where was the preparation? This is outrageous. This is the president who said he was going to solve everything, that Trump was terrible. Trump didn't do this. Trump didn't do that. And here he has been a year into his presidency, and there are no tests and no accountability on the big bucks. And today, during the White House briefing, Jen Psaki was getting hammered by a number of different reporters. Take a listen.
9: Let's be straight here for a second. Cases are rising across the country. Tests are hard to come by in many places, or there's long lines for them. Schools are closing again or having to go virtual, and that's not just because of the weather in some parts of the country, but because of the pandemic. Uh, There is a sense among many that the country has lost control of the virus. Would the White House agree with that?
1: We would not. And here's why. We're in a very different place than we were a year ago, Ed. 200 million people are vaccinated. Those are people who are protected, seriously protected from illness and death from the virus. Uh, We have also just purchased the largest over-the-counter purchase of tests in history, 500 million tests. That builds on the fact that we have uh, already distributed uh, 50 million tests back in December to rural health centers, to community health centers. The fact that we have 20,000 sites across the country where you can get free tests. The fact that next week people can uh, get reimbursed for their tests. And we are going to continue to build on that. It also, on schools, I would say 97% of schools are open across the country. And the president wants school to be open. That's why months ago, even when people questioned his advocacy for this funding, he advocated for $130 million in the American Rescue Plan and $10 billion to cover testing. Even when many people said that was not necessary and was not needed. That has all been distributed to states. If states have not used it, and some have not, and if school districts have not used it, now is the time to use it. So I would note that we have taken steps to prepare for any contingency, any moment and we're working to implement and build on that from here.
2: Wow, what a mess. And this comes as in New York City, Councilman Joe Borelli reached out to New York's Department of Health, has staffed it, and they got a response basically saying, the reason you really don't have tests and other things in your area is that the city is prioritizing neighborhoods flagged by the city's Task Force on Racial Inclusion and Equity. What does that have to do with health care? 1-800-848-9222. One eight hundred eight four eight nine two two two. Let's go to Audrey in Brooklyn. Go ahead, Audrey. Your thoughts about this?
6: Thank you, Rita, and happy New Year. You too. You too. I'm just checking because it feels like deja vu. Where are we at in this country? But I just want to fact check these. Um, the council member is he
2: new or he's been a uh, member for a few terms? Oh, he's How- been a, he's been a councilman for a few terms, and before that, he was in the state assembly. He's the minority leader. I mean, hours. he knows what he's talking about. Sad check. So, what documents does he have stating that
6: this is new disparity? I hope that he's jumping on board because I, as a black woman and in the community, I haven't lived it, but it happened in my community where people weren't getting tested and doctors were dying in um, different states. But if he can jump on board, because that's part of the problem, there is disparity and it don't need to be. And I hope he step on it and get those testers that he needs. But leave Eric Adams alone.
2: (laughs) (laughs) All right. Audrey, thank you very much for the call. By the way, Eric Eric Adams, Mm -hmm. in this case, uh, Joe Borelli, Mm -hmm. who's a Republican, said that he thinks that Eric Adams actually came through and helped him. So that was good. Audrey, thank you very Mm -hmm. much for the call. We appreciate it. Let's go to Judith in Brooklyn. Go ahead, Judith.
11: Hi, happy new year to you. Um, 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 um oh, I'm so tired. I'm sorry, yeah. Rita. Yep,
2: yeah, go ahead, Judith. I know it's late. Hi, go Rita, ahead. Rita.
11: <laughs> Don't worry. I, I'm, i you're a, I've listened to you a long time ago. Trust me. Okay. So I know you are from way back. Uh, Thank Rita. You. <clears throat> yes. Uh, I even remember you had a fantastic interview with uh, Cheryl Atkinson. Atkinson. Oh, yep. That, yep. Uh, sure. That, oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: She's great. Yeah.
11: Yeah. Fantastic. And hey, Rita. Listen, uh, and by the way, Hudson, I really hope you have a speedy recovery. He said he was tested positive. Did, what did he test for? Positive for o- uh, Omicron or regular flu or what? I really hope he's taking good care of himself. Yeah, so, me too. Uh, and and said, uh, I think
2: him and a, and a family member, too. So, yeah, you're right. Absolutely. What are your thoughts about uh, testing, Judith, too? Well, uh, I want to tell you something else. But my thought is
11: it's, it's what they're doing, what Joe Burrow was talking about, is criminal. It is unlawful. Right. And... They should be sued. They should be sued. No question about it. They I agree. You can't, you know. I agree. Rita, it is outrageous. Rita, I heard, yeah. I heard something today I got to share with you. And I might say something is a little bit shocking, but at this point, you know, I don't think anyone knows anything anymore. It's too confusing. But I heard a family of four, get this, and one of this family of four was vaccinated twice and got the booster, and he's the only one that came down with COVID. And the other three that weren't, they're fine. So, like, you hear stuff like this, and you have
2: to scratch your head. By the way, know, by I, the way, I know yes. other cases like that, too. I mean, they're just yes. – it, obviously, it depends from family to family Rita. and individual, but no, go ahead. No, 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 Rita, listen. I told you last time. I did speak to a scientist,
11: a woman, and she told me stuff. And today, I also heard a few uh, shows and whatever, and I'm listening I'm paying attention – And I think we're just going in the wrong direction. I think that in the beginning, everyone was hysterical because we know we're up against. But at this point now, two years later, it turns out that these vaccines, I'm sorry to say, there's something in those vaccines, Rita, that are weakening the immune system and they're creating variants. And that's why it's really not protecting. The best way to do it is, number one, prevention, okay, prevention by really boosting up your immune system absolutely yep i hear you on that the the way the way dr zelenko has said and and a lot of other countries are adopting his method dr zelenko and they're having great results and dr peter uh, mccullough as well whatever we've got to pay attention to other things and other things that other countries have done not with vaccines. You know, India is is having better results, giving out hydroxy. Uh South Africa is getting results. No, and, and by the way,
2: Judah, thank you for the call. But you're right. There are so many um different things that other countries are doing and it's working. The other thing, too, there was a report, and I believe it was in the Netherlands, where people who were vaccinated were getting infected at a higher rate. That's unusual because... In other places we're seeing unvaccinated. So it's really all over the place. There's still a lot of research out there. Um, you know, certainly people are saying that those who are vaccinated, the symptoms seem to be less severe um, with Omicron and others. Um, but you're right. There's still a lot of unanswered questions. There's so many people now that are vaccinated and boosted and are still getting Omicron. Um, so it's it's a little weird when you see the president continue to scold the unvaccinated when right now, it seems that so many people have it, whether they're vaccinated or not. Um, so, and, and the science is still out on a lot of these things. Uh, it's still so many unanswered questions. Um, let's go to Rosie in Long Island. Go ahead, Rosie, your thoughts about all this.
11: Hi. Um, I wish I got on before the um, councilman. I, my situation or what I've heard now um, is that due to race, that if I wanted to, if I tested positive, which now I'm finding out, I probably can't even get tested. Um, if I went to get monoclonal antibodies, they would not give it to me because I didn't fit the criteria. I
2: was white and I was not over 65. Wait, did somebody tell you that, or what? What are you surmising that from?
11: No, it's um, I can't remember where I saw it or read. I did hear it, I think, on the radio too. But, uh yeah, so I wanted to ask him about that. I mean, I would have liked to have known if he knew about that. Because by, and,
2: and by the way, by the way, by him exposing it, Rosie, it's actually a very good thing that he's coming out and exposing it. Because with him coming out and drawing attention to it, um, it's kind of blowing the whistle. And it's made a lot of national headlines um, that hopefully uh, other departments will think otherwise if they have a similar policy. Let's go to Karen in Rockland. Go ahead, Karen. Hi, Rita. How are you? Good. How you doing? What do you think?
11: Uh, I am so pissed off with what's going on. You know, they want to play this game, you know, with the health and, you know, uh, racial equity. We should do the same thing with paying taxes. Every American citizen should not pay taxes if that's the way they want to play. They're using our money. And you know, and they're you know curtailing who's going to get in and who's not going to. Yeah, get Yeah, it's it.
2: outrageous, isn't it? It's shocking. I'm so sick of it already. It it, it is it is really shocking. Karen, thank you for the call. Um, let's go to Alfred in Westchester. Alfred, your thoughts about all this? Go ahead.
12: Hi, Rita. Um, Happy New Year, by the way. Um, I just want to say that I miss President Trump immensely, and um, this you know I feel like to coin one of the phrases from one of the other talk show hosts. I feel like I'm living in bizarro world.
2: Yeah, it it, it is bizarre world, it's, it's and, just, and and did you see that Biden didn't even know what year it was, Alfred? Too, he yeah, thought it was twenty twenty. It's,
12: it's really shocking. I mean, I, I I never in my life have experienced such a president with that has like such low integrity. Um, he's incompetent. You know, I mean, you you can't really say anything positive about the man. I mean.
2: And it's a scary time in the world. I mean, that's the other thing. You know, Alfred, thank you for the call. Let's go to Tom in the Bronx. Tom, your thoughts about this?
10: Hi, Rita. I think this is a political trick uh, that they're playing on Staten Island and maybe other places to get people to uh, pound their fists on the door and say, I not only want my testing kits, but I want my vaccination." And I believe that's what's going on. Oh, they're, they're definitely the they're pushing it. people to do that.
2: They are. Although, you know, lately, sadly, Omicron is so contagious, it's getting everybody. That, that's the issue. Tom, thank you for the call. Great call. Let's go to Michael in Virginia Beach. Go ahead, Michael.
5: I don't. Hi, uh, Rita. I don't think uh, Mayor Adams uh, can uh, produce these tests. Uh, he's just got into office. This is the same runaround that we got when uh, COVID first hit back in 2020. The CDC was supposed to have enough masks and tests to cover the whole country. And uh, Mr. Fauci was overseeing that. And we still got the
2: same Fauci in charge. And we know that this money is going into private well and that's the key Michael we need to find out where it is going because right now 72.8 billion dollars everybody has been spent over 40 of it in 2021 specifically allocated for testing a virus that's a huge amount of money and we deserve to know where that is thanks so much let's go to Will in Poughkeepsie Will your thoughts about this go ahead Will
5: yeah happy new year Rita um uh, this president, uh, in my opinion, is the worst president in American modern history. Uh, it's just too, too many mistakes, too many things that have gone wrong. And I don't understand why everybody in Washington, no one is not speaking out. And I'm, I'm believing that they're getting their pockets lined with George Soros. That's just my opinion.
2: Well, uh, speaking of George Soros, well, thank you very much. We know that George Soros is funding a lot of DAs that are soft on crime across this country. And one of them, of course, is Gascon, as we know. We also know uh, the DA in San Francisco and Philly and a couple others. Well, now the DA in Manhattan, the brand new one, Alvin Bragg, put out a memo to his staff basically saying that there shouldn't be sentences, that there should be no prison sentences for a bunch of criminal cases, basically lowering the standard of crimes, including armed robbery. Get this, armed robbers who use guns or deadly weapons, guess what? They're only going to be prosecuted under his watch, he's suggesting, for a petty larceny. You go in to a bank and you're an armed robber with a gun? And you're going to get a slap on the wrist? This is outrageous. What is your reaction to this? Because we're hearing Eric Adams talking tough. But guess what? It's the DAs that go after the bad guys. Once the cops arrest them, the DAs go after them and basically say, well, this is what we suggest for time. This is what we suggest. He's saying there needs to be more equitable inclusion that we need to take into race into account we need to think about the offender what about the victim 1-800-848-9222 we're going to talk about that when we come back
0: rita cosby is on 77 wabc
2: Well, crime is rising, as we know, in New York. And Mayor Eric Adams, who just took over, remember, on New Year's Eve, said that he's going to get tough on crime and criminals. Take a listen to how he's been talking the last few days.
13: I said it before. The other candidates didn't get it. I kept saying it's gangs and guns. And we have a small number of people that are wreaking havoc on our city. And I'm going after them. So they better pack up, move, do whatever they need to do, because there is a new sheriff in town.
2: Ah, there's a new sheriff in town. And so he is basically saying he's going to have the cops back and the cops can arrest thugs. But guess what happens now? Now we have a Manhattan D.A. who just put out in his first memo to his staff, Alvin Bragg. By the way, he campaigned on being basically soft on crime, on talking about racial equity and addressing racial disparities in the criminal justice system and in crime. And now he is fulfilling that promise, basically saying that there are a number of crimes that he does not want his prosecutors to seek prison sentences for. And also, get this, on the list, arm robbery. If you use a gun or other deadly weapons uh, on stores or businesses, you'll basically only be prosecuted for a petty larceny, which is a misdemeanor. That's not a felony. That means maybe no jail time. This is outrageous. He also says his office shall not seek a sentence of life without Parole. So much for thugs worrying about what's going to happen in New York City and stopping this revolving door that we have seen in New York City. Eric Adams can talk tough all he wants. The cops can arrest people all they want. But if you've got a DA who is telling his assistant DAs, hey, by the way, on certain things, let's look at racial equity. Let's also look at the history of the individual, the experience. If the individual's unhoused, why should that matter whether or not they are sentenced? Should their economics or their race come into play in determining if you're going to throw the book at somebody? I'm for treating everybody fairly, but not giving soft peddling to someone because of their skin color or whether they have housing or a mental illness. We have to look at... What about the victims? He seems to be all focused on the history of the offender and taking the offenders rights into consideration and needless to say, so many different groups are outraged about this. Uh, the head of the NYPD Detectives Endowment Association says, Bragg gives criminals the roadmap to freedom from prosecution and control of our streets. He is outraged, as is the Patrolman's Benevolent Association. Uh, they basically came out and said, the head of the PBA said, Police officers don't want to be sent out to enforce laws that now the district attorneys won't prosecute. What is this going to do to crime in New York and to police in New York City? Well, here's a little bit of Alvin Bragg on the campaign trail, and now he is making those campaign wishes come true.
14: We have to limit the footprints of what is in our criminal justice system. In New York City, more than 80 percent of the docket uh, are misdemeanors, many of which have little or nothing to do with public safety. So that's the starting point for shrinking uh, the footprint and, along with mass incarceration, closing the racial disparities. Of that docket, more than 80% of the people charged with crimes are people of color.
2: You know what? A crime is a crime. It doesn't matter what color you are. one 800 848 one 800 2-2. Two, two. Let's go to Drew in White Plains. Drew, go ahead. You're here on the Rita Cosby Show. Go ahead, Drew. I don't understand. This man has a
15: step foot in office. He didn't lie on the campaign trail. He said exactly what it was. And he already said he's forming a unit to go after gangs, to go after violent crimes. And then he even stepped out there and said he's forming a special unit to go at Trump. Now, I know that's why a lot of people are really upset, but he's already saying he's going after serious crimes. Do you understand
2: this man? I knew this man for over 20 years. He's a good person. I do. I do. And by the way, by the way, Drew, no. Drew, hang on a second, Drew. Yes. Um, Trump doesn't have anything to do with this. This has to do with safety on New York City streets. So get that straight. But second of all, in terms of His philosophy, you're correct. He did campaign on this. And in fact, I remember we even here at WABC, we did a Manhattan DA debate. He was there and I remember he was even talking about this. You're right. This is what he said he was going to do. And now he's doing it. But I think a lot of people are shocked and not realizing that indeed you've got Eric Adams who's saying there's a new sheriff in town. And now you got this guy who's basically saying, you know what? You know, I considered armed robbery. A serious offense, don't you, Drew? Armed robbery, no, no, I consider no, you, a violent, you, this, serious this, crime.
15: This, this is this is this is fear mongering. If you read what he
2: said, he never said he was giving armed
15: robbers a pass. Oh yeah, let me read you. Let me read you
2: the memo. On. Hey, Drew, Drew, let me read you the memo. Armed robbers who use guns or other deadly weapons to shore up stores and other businesses will be prosecuted for petty felony, uh, for petty larceny, a misdemeanor. Uh, So, yeah, that is it. That's exactly. He's saying you have to provide it. Here's where he says no victims were seriously injured. But if you walk into a bank and you got a gun or you walk into a store, if you haven't injured someone seriously, then it's a misdemeanor. Are you kidding me, Drew? That is what he's saying.
15: Okay. Okay. He's saying that because he's basically saying if you don't use the weapon, if you don't pull out... He said without the threat of somebody being injured, but you can't...
2: No, he's can't saying no, he's saying, no, he's saying provided office. no victims oh, okay. were seriously injured. So, in other words, you have to be seriously injured for them to consider it a felony. I would do think you, if somebody walks in arm to a store and just because somebody isn't injured, if you hold a gun to somebody's head, I'd consider that worthy of jail time, wouldn't you?
15: Yeah, but do you understand... This is the same man that sat there and defended the Central Park Five. So he saw the opposite end of white crime. I don't hear any outrage about what happened to those young men. We're talking He's about now,
2: Drew, Drew, them. Drew. We are talking what, about what are modern times. We're talking about, times. We're talking about modern times in New York. And this is a big difference from Eric Adams saying there's a new sheriff in town. Well, guess what? There's a new DA in town who's going to reverse anything uh, in terms of clamping down on criminals. We are hearing somebody who is soft on crime, who's going to give these people a free pass and that's very scary at a time here in New York. Um, but, Drew, thank you. I always appreciate your calls and always appreciate hearing from you. Um, let's go to Carol in New Jersey. Go ahead, Carol.
11: Hi there, Rita. So under Melvin Bragg, uh my friend and I can become Bonnie and Clyde if we want to.
2: Yeah, as long as you don't seriously, quote, injure somebody. And Drew seems to think that that's okay that that person deserves, uh, that that's not a violent crime. I mean, that, that, I beg to differ. I mean, that is outrageous. And if you looked, and if you look at the list of other crimes, uh, you know, you have to basically seriously injure somebody. And here's another one. Burglars who steal from residential storage areas, parts of homes that aren't accessible to the living area Aww. and businesses located in mixed use buildings will be prosecuted for a low level class D felony. Uh, so it's, they're gonna lower the penalty. In other words, if it's not directly related to the living area, you know, can you imagine? Now it's like, it's like, it's like giving a free pass to all those yeah. criminals, like in Los Angeles, where now they know if they steal, what is it, $999 worth of goods, as long as they don't hit a thousand, uh, it's a misdemeanor, you know? So let's make sure we go after a place that's not tied to the living area, so then I'm okay. Yeah. Happy New Year, Rita. Yeah. I will be about my Christmas card because I sent
11: Christmas cards uh to the PL box to uh the hosts that I call on a regular basis. And one of them thanked me. They
2: said they received my card. Oh, my. Carol, I don't think I got your card. I'm going to look around for it. Because, cause boy, do we need some cheer after listening to Alvin That's Bragg. Nice. <laughs> Carol, you're the best. Thank you so much for the call. And thank you for the Christmas card. Whenever I find it, I appreciate it. When we come back, we're going to talk about this belated Christmas gift that I say is a Grinch from Alvin Bragg now saying that armed robbers who use guns as long as they don't seriously injure a victim, that guess what? Now it's only a misdemeanor under the Manhattan DA. How are you gonna clean up New York and other big cities around the country if this is the way these soft on crime DAs are going to be? one eight hundred eight four eight nine two two two
0: Rita Cosby is on 77 WABC. The Rita Cosby Show presents "Support Our Heroes."
2: And in tonight's "Support Our Heroes" segment, a World War II veteran, Arnold Brad. Bradbird was honored by a Pennsylvania chapter of the Daughters of the American Revolution. He was given an award and a certificate in recognition of his valor, service, and sacrifice during World War II. The United States Navy veteran served in the South Pacific in PT boats and was in six battles from New Guinea to the Philippines. And by the way, I love the DAR. They actually gave my father the Americanism Award a number of years ago, and it was one of the greatest days of his life. They are so patriotic, and how beautiful to see that they are also honoring this World War II veteran. Well, we are talking about the importance of, I think, getting tough on criminals, not getting softer on them. We shouldn't be talking about racial diversity in terms of, deciding how we penalize a criminal. Should we be talking about what kind of housing situation they have? Should we be talking about whether uh, they have mental illness? Should we be talking about where they're employed? Um, Should we be talking again about racial disparities? Well, Alvin Bragg, who is the new Manhattan DA, says yes. And in his first memo to staff, he's holding true with a number of campaign promises and really even going a step further, saying that many of these things will now be misdemeanors or basically no time behind bars whatsoever. And this is in stark contrast to the kind of language that we're hearing from the new mayor, Eric Adams, who said this just a few days ago.
13: We're going to zero on gun violence and gangs they go together we're going to take down these gangs that are really uh, creating a havoc in our city and we're going to put in place a plainclothes anti-gun unit we're going to partner with our federal state and city to find those who are bringing guns into our city in the first place and start identifying some of those uh, bad gun dealers
2: wow So bad gun dealers. But guess what? According to Alvin Bragg, he's now saying that armed robbers who use guns or other deadly weapons to stick up stores and other businesses will be prosecuted only for petty larceny, which is now a misdemeanor. That is outrageous. And that's the kind of talk we were getting from him on the campaign trail. And he was elected in New York City. Take a listen to him on the campaign trail.
14: We've been given the most profound obligation. The state has the power to take away someone's liberty. We are going to use that power judiciously and wisely. We are going to use that for fairness and for safety. We're going to address our racial disparities. We're going to have one system of justice for all.
2: I'm all for equitable justice, but looking at the offender and deciding, well, what race is he? What's his housing situation? Why not talk to the victim? Here's a little bit more of Alvin Bragg in his campaign ad.
14: As DA, from day one, I'll work to make the office the aggressive leader it should be. That means more aggressive steps to reverse mass incarceration, especially in communities of color. It means thorough and transparent investigations of police misconduct and overhauling the sex crimes unit to get justice for victims. It means bringing new funding and focus to reentry programs and refusing to take campaign donations from any lawyer who appears before the office and it means continuing to keep neighborhoods safe and ensuring one standard of justice for all of us who call manhattan
2: home so how is that making new york safer this is nuts this is like gascon and los angeles this is like the da in philly this is like the da remember in wisconsin remember that guy uh, the one who rode over the people at the parade, remember there were 16 offenses and the guy said, yeah, you know, my kind of new equitable system once in a while people will slip through or whatever the cracks, you know, um, unbelievable. And this is what Eric Adams had to say when he was asked about this new policy of Alvin, Bla- Alvin Bragg announcing this week again that he's basically going to soften on crime.
13: I like Alvin. Uh, I I believe he's a a former prosecutor uh, in the U.S. Attorney's Office. Uh, He was a great prosecutor. Uh, I believe that he's going to be a good district attorney and I'm going to sit down and have a conversation with him as we build out uh, what we need to do around public safety so that we're all on the same page. And so I, I think that he's focused on doing that. And I think he's on team public safety. Team public safety is not only handcuffs. Team, team public safety is also ending the pipeline that turn people into career criminals based on certain actions. And I want to understand what he's doing. And I'm looking forward to sitting down and speaking with him.
2: Uh, team public safety, Mayor Adams, is locking people up that are doing serious Crimes. I consider someone showing up with a gun to a house or to a bank a serious crime. Not a misdemeanor, not a slap on the wrist. That's not public safety. And in fact, listen to the comments from the Detectives Endowment Association just saying that this is outrageous. You also have the PBA, the Police Benevolent Association, saying police officers don't want to be sent out to enforce laws that now district attorneys won't prosecute. You can bust these people, but if you know they're going to be back out on the street, based on this, it's like almost every single rioter that basically got a slap on the wrist. Remember when they were doing that two summers ago, according to Alvin Bragg? They're going to be walking, you know, not in days and not in hours within minutes. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Lisa in Manhattan. Go ahead, Lisa.
6: Yes, Rita. I'm not shocked. Most of the Democrat Party is pro-criminal. Look, they had Senator Robert Byrd, the Democrat from West, West, West Virginia, Robert Byrd, the Ku Klux Klan, he was the majority leader in the Democrats. It's unbelievable. And they are the racist. This, the Democrat Party are the racist bigots and anti-Semitism. And especially well, with- well,
2: you know, the thing is, Lisa, and, and not even talking about, you know, that, but but saying that. Okay. Somebody does a crime. We're going to look at their color of their skin. We're going to take that into Let's account. Do what does that have to do with? What does that have to do with public safety? Public safety, if you really want, uh, if the goal is equitable justice, then it should be for everybody. It doesn't matter what color of the skin they are. It should be, if you did something, here's the, here's the, here's the penalty. And it should be stiff penalty so they don't want to do it again.
6: They're pro-criminal. Um, you've got to start saying that the Democrat Party is pro-criminal. It's
2: outrageous. Lisa, thank you for the call. I I, I feel your your anger, and I feel that, too. Let's go to Stan in Forest Hills. Go ahead, Stan, your thoughts about this. The woman
12: has four different names. She's anti-Semitism. She says, forget her. Here's the point, and you have a, a major point here. There are five DAs in this town. Yep that all five okay? yep. in the queen for example in queens you have melinda Katz. she's tough right. and very tough and she's a democrat yep. she's been tough and the others in the i think the bronx as well now the key point is if this guy does what he says he's going to do uh, and, and stick stickups and robberies when they should get harsh sentences the there are three words that can be done by either the attorney general or in the governor if she feels change of venue they can move them out of Manhattan and try them somewhere else. We do change of venue in states. We can do it in, in the city and in the state of New York. Secondly, right. Although,
2: although Stan, that, uh, and I'll let you get to the second yeah. point, but um that's hard to do when it's no, so think, many uh, cases.
12: If the it, governor...
2: No, no, no. Uh, I, I hope, hear what you're saying. What I'm saying is that you can't have every single case have a change oh, of no, venue. No, but
12: the, no, But, I mean, the real, like, stick-ups, murders, you know, I think so, yeah. But the other thing is... Uh, the Attorney General of, of New York State is in deep trouble now. She's in deep trouble because of, of what's been turned over on the Cuomo cases. This will be good for her. She can intercede and say to the uh, district attorney, hey, what the hell are you doing down there? And possibly uh, t- take the cases herself. Now, that's not necessarily done. He's an elected official. but
2: Yeah, and uh, that's so, hard for the state to yeah, always step in. Names.
12: She's in a bind now. she's Yeah, in although, you know, although, though, Stan, she wants to do it. But you
2: know what's interesting, hold Stan? To, to I think them. I think she agrees with him on some of his policies. She's, she was yet. tough on Cuomo, well, but, but I think she agrees with, with him.
12: Cuomo, and uh, I'm for Cuomo, but the point is she's in deep trouble, and I think she has to show herself to be somewhat tough. So I think if she if he doesn't do anything, this, the Attorney General of the United States can intercede as well as the governor.
2: Well, and let's see, by the way, if Eric Adams has some, quote, cojones and also takes do. him to what task. He do? Well, what he can he, do? he can at least say, you know what, at least have a discussion and say this cannot be tolerated. No, we're, we're, agree, we're creating you know, this cycle. I mean, unfortunately a lot of it goes back to voters. You know, there could be recalls, there could be other things, um, you know, but, you know, he just got into office, literally, uh, literally days ago. But Stan, great call. I always love your call. Thanks so much. Um, let's go to Will William in central Jersey. Go ahead, William.
5: Rita, I can't believe this. This, horri- this is horrific. You know what? This Alvin Bragg has said. New York is doomed. I feel so bad for the beloved police officers. The result of this D.A. decree, whatever. What you know, it's going to end up as a massive loss, an economic loss from New York. And the exodus is just going to continue. And I've been on a jury pool that was like involved in like stick up and uh, where the the guy was convicted. And, uh, you know, I, I just can't believe that they're going to break that down into a misdemeanor. Yeah,
2: Isn't that stunning that that's not serious enough? It's shocking. William, thank you very much. Let's go to Jimmy in Brooklyn. Go ahead, Jim.
5: Yeah, it doesn't sound like he's soft on crime. It sounds like he's promoting crime. More people now are going to be carrying guns because they don't have to worry. That's going to make more people carry guns to defend themselves from those other people that are carrying guns.
2: That's an interesting point. So it sort of creates that whole cycle. Jimmy, thank you. That's an interesting point. Let's go to Eric in Manhattan. Eric, your thoughts. Uh, hey, Rita.
8: Um first I'd just like to say the young lady who called in before Stan is absolutely right. I listen, I'm a Hispanic Trump Democrat, and they're a racist party. They're disgusting, they're pro-crime, they're Marxist, and this guy, I'm,
2: I'm just hoping that uh, Eric Adams is gonna sit down and quietly read him the riot act. Yeah, the problem is, the problem is, by the way, this guy did campaign on this, and I think a lot of people sort of forgot about it, Eric, Um, you know, because they 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 were hearing the the new (laughs) sheriff in town talk from, you know, from Eric (laughs) Adams. But, Eric, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Let's go to Larry in Brooklyn. Larry, your thoughts?
5: Yeah, Rita, listen, I'm going to say what's happening. But, you you know, you have to let people, uh, your station has to let people say the truth, because uh, otherwise – We always
2: let people say the truth.
5: Go Uh, ahead. Okay, listen, uh, it's very plain to me because I've been tracking this for a long time, okay? Um, Armed robbery is uh, considered second to murder, 25 years. Murder is 25 to life. Now, what's been going on is first they started with one-punch homicides charging misdemeanor assault. Now Now they're saying if you don't hurt somebody with the gun. What's happening is, okay, and everybody's gonna jump up and be oh you're a racist they don't wanna put black people in jail for um for making a mistake for twenty five years. No okay. and,
2: and that is you're, you're no I'm I'll hang on one second. You're correct that that's what Alvin Bragg is essentially saying. What we're saying is if you did a crime, it shouldn't matter what your skin color is. How is that making people safer?
5: OK, now they have different standards for what makes you a bad dude. You, if a white guy uh, takes out a gun and holds somebody up, oh, he's a bad dude. He'll go away. He'll do the time. That's what we're going to start seeing. OK, Oh, so,
2: so, you, so you go, think you think you think they're going to uh, the, punitive on non-African-Americans. That's what you think. You think you think it's going to stilt the other way.
5: Rita, uh, two weeks ago I, I made a call, I wanted to say, after the Kim Potter verdict, that now it's going to be open season on white people after the Kim, after the Kim Potter verdict, and they held me up for two hours, uh, and they wouldn't let me get through on the call, okay? But that we see that's what the truth is, in, in the criminal aspect. Kim Potter was found guilty. Now it's it's go go ahead. You can uh, you can mess with. Uh, and it's going to be literally open season on cops uh, and open season on white people. Well, Larry, but now it's going to be the, the differing standard of justice for blacks and whites. And there, there should be the no standard. different.
2: And, and Larry, I, and I'm glad I got you on today. So uh, thank you so much for the call, Larry. Thank you. But I also, to me, there should be. No color. I think everybody needs to be treated fairly. And if you commit a serious crime, including bringing a gun, are you kidding me? That it's a slap on the wrist, that it's now a misdemeanor. That's outrageous. And the list goes on and on and on. And a lot of people in New York and a lot of big cities around the country are like, okay, good. Now they're going to finally be tough on crime. You hear there's a new sheriff in town with Eric Adams, you know, but that doesn't translate to the district attorney's office and so far he has not condemned these comments from alvin bragg that could mean new york is in trouble well when we come back we're going to talk more about this with dominic carter dominic's got a great guest talking about this tonight he's going to give us a preview on that and then also after dominic is The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Murano And he's going to be talking with Commissioner Bernie Carrick, the former NYPD commissioner, about the January 6th anniversary. That's going to be really interesting. At 3.30, and also John McDonough, who's going to be talking about hopes and fears for Eric Adams. And after this, there's a lot to be afraid of with Alvin Bragg. We're going to talk with Dominic Carter after the break.
0: Cosby is on 77 W.A.B.C.
2: So I know you know this Dominic Carter. It's a little Paula Abdul and uh, it's straight up because you know what? Eric Adams can be straight up and say there's a new sheriff in town. Uh, but there's a lot of bending, it sounds like, on the rules now with Alvin Bragg. And I know you're going to be talking about this tonight. I am so fired up and so steamed about the fact that armed robbers Dominic Carter, who use guns or other deadly weapons, as long as they don't seriously injure a victim. Now it's just a misdemeanor in New York. So much for talking tough with Eric Adams. And now you got basically a super soft on crime DA.
16: Essentially, Rita, good evening. It is setting up a litany of excuses for the criminal. Yes. Period. Yeah. Period. Housing, no other, no other way. race, barriers. No, no other way to look at it. Um this is a case of the electorate wanted chose Mr. Bragg so now you got to deal with it because at the debate right I didn't here, vote for Alvin Bragg
2: <laughs> I, I don't think you did either Dominic Carter well we'll,
16: we'll be we'll uh, Paul De Giacomo the president mm-hmm. of the detectives endowment Association will be phoning in to give us his take great can't wait to hear on, that on on this situation. Um, it's it's scary. It, it really is scary because the the truth of the matter is Eric Adams finds himself now between a rock. And a hard place. Yeah,
2: because in fact, he was asked about Alvin Bragg today, and, and he punted. And he, yeah, he punted. He said, "Oh, he's a good guy. We're going to mm-hmm. talk at some mm-hmm. point. I like Alvin." And even some of the answers, as he kind of went on and on, and the answers made it sound like he's not really going to be challenging him. He can't you politically. Know? He, he can't. can't.
16: Right, they different and, departments. And, and the reason why is because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what the mayor of New York says. Uh, you have a duly elected uh, district attorney, but. Even even more than that, Rita, the Eric Adams base, right progressives, communities of color, he can't come out against Bragg because it's gonna it's gonna turn off his base. So he is in a, a, he's got a what what thread of very yeah, thread fine needle.
2: needle. Oh, he's in a very tough position. But he has to put politics aside and say what's good for New York and that's why like you know when I sit and I look at this throw the book at them I don't care what color somebody is right. if they're a criminal no, they're a criminal you, you and I agree
16: on that we agree on that but Eric Adams can't say that he yes really and
2: how sad is that and let's pray for New York after this Dominic I can't wait to hear your interview I can't wait to listen to your show Dominic Carter coming up everybody and I'll talk to you tomorrow